You're listening to the Full Time Podcast with Matt, Alex, and Marcel. Hey guys, the, uh, the Full Time Podcast is back for our Asian Cup special. We've uh, had the quarterfinals and we're looking forward to the semis. Unfortunately, Australia has been knocked out um, in um, really dire circumstances. But um, as far as the other games are concerned, I think we had a pretty good round overall. So I'm joined once again by uh, the Venetian Prince, Marcel Abud, and it's just, uh, just you and I today. Yes, it is. Uh, everyone else is out uh, celebrating today, I guess. Yeah, or I, just or just chilling out. I don't know. What, what whatever they're up to. Yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, I'm sure we'll find out. And um, for those of you listening on, uh, I hope you're having a wonderful day as well. So uh, the quarterfinals kicked off um, with Vietnam, a side that were you know seen as the underdog, the, the fairy tale story of the cup coming into this game with Japan. But uh, it was a pretty pretty uh, you know one sided affair to to say the least. Japan. Dominant, but um, you know they weren't offering a whole lot, and that's something we'll, we'll look forward to when, when talking about the semi-finals. Um, they they're a side that are getting the business done, and we all know that they're a quality side, but they're not they've not been overly convin- convincing, have they? Look, I think like I've said before, I think Japan are just doing enough to get by, because mm. um, as I think I mentioned in the last episode, it doesn't matter how many goals you win by in a knockout game; it's it's the fact of the matter if you win or not. Now, I still believe that Japan are the tournament favorite, like for me, the tournament favorites, and they will win the the, um, the entire tournament. But I think they're just, they haven't been overly impressive. Like at this stage, I thought they'd be, you know, firing in just a little bit more just to maybe intimidate the other teams. But each win by them, aside from the last game, so the game that they had against Turkmenistan, they've only been marginal scorelines. What your one nils, and even then they're not really that, let's say, convincing mm. in an attacking sense. But I still feel that they do have enough in them to win. I know their next game is going to be an incredibly tough game, and I believe if they do win their next game. The cup is theirs. There's there's no chance that um, I can't see him losing from there. Yeah, uh, so that'd be they, they face um, they Iran. Face Iran. Yep, and then it's Qatar or the UAE. Um, I think you might be underrating Qatar a bit with that statement, but I also can can see it fair enough. If, if they can if they can restrict Iran, who have scored at least two goals um, in pretty much every game except for the game against Iraq, then they're in they're in you know very good state indeed. Um, you know, again, I'd say there's still questions about going forward. You can you can be as defensively solid as you want. You can you know shut teams down. You can frustrate the hell out of them. But majority of these goals that they've scored have just been from penalties and and, and corners and whatnot. I mean, the Oman game is the, is the perfect example. They did dominate Oman, but they required a very controversial penalty at that to get through. Um, and you know, I just I don't I don't see if, if you're going to be playing like that more. And they you know they're pretty much doing them in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, one one would say that that Saudi Arabia dominated them, but they did they did sort of have the number on, on Saudi Arabia. It was a, it was a weird game in that respect because statistically you'd, you'd have said that Saudi Arabia were better. But I mean, yeah, just just looking at Japan, I think um, their their composure is something that you know makes this particular semi final coming forward very very exciting. But in this particular contest, I mean, Vietnam are just playing out of the water, um, and that's that's the very nature of it. Yeah, I think the. Um the experience of Vietnam kind of shown through all the inexperience has shone, has, has shone through in in this game. Uh, look, for all their heart and for all the fairytale narrative that we wished Vietnam to have, 
reality has to kick in sooner or later. And I think that, look, they did incredibly well. And I think the Vietnamese footballing community should be very proud of their efforts because a lot of people, you know, discredited Vietnam thinking that they weren't going to get very far. You know, if they do, they'll get knocked out in the round of 16, blah, 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 all that usual rhetoric. But, you know, for all their credit, they did quite well. And if I were the Vietnamese team, I would be hanging my heads, you know, oh, with real pride. Sorry. Adelaide's just scored a winner in the 92nd minute um, scenes there. Sorry. Oh, Jesus, or is it 2-1? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's good for the Wanderers because, you know, if we win, they, they can't... Because they were going to be one point behind us, but I think that's for another <laughs> discussion for another day. Yeah, um, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just pretty much uh, refer to what you were saying. You know, Vietnam being this this lucky loser, being this, um, you know, bit of a fairy tale story. I think it was brilliant to see, um, especially you know that everyone, everyone really wrote them off against Jordan just because Jordan was so dominant and, and, and you know, um, blitzing the, the tournament out of the blue. Um, and we really weren't expecting Vietnam to dominate in that game. Um, but they did. So, you know, credit to them and credit for getting forward. Credit for taking it to Iraq. That game in Iraq was very entertaining. Um, credit for, you know, dispatching Yemen, if, if it were only by two goals. Credit for the contest they put up against Iran. But the whole, the whole campaign was actually quite admirable looking back at it, despite, uh, despite what I might have personally been saying um, earlier on. So we'll move on, and um, admirable again could probably describe the performance that China put forward. But uh, at the end of the day, every time they tried to go forward, they looked a little lost, and and, and Iran were just too good for them. Uh, it was a, it was a three 0 loss on the day, and um, Iran once again were, were proving their dominance, weren't they, Marcel? Yeah, look, Iran are just a very good squad. Uh, they they haven't um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they haven't conceded all tournament. Uh yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, they are solid, very defensively and attacking. I think they're the most attacking uh, squad in the tournament so far. Um, I think that may go to Qatar. I'm not too yeah. not sure. Uh, Qatar has more goals. Qatar won a game 6-0 against North Korea. Yeah, yeah, there we go. But overall, China, I don't know. There's something about them that there's so much expectation on them, especially when we see the development of the Chinese Super League, the investment into foreign players and the development of national teams and youth teams. They're expected to do incredibly well. Now, I'm not too sure if a quarterfinal finish for them is enough, as in to say, yeah, we did well. Personally, I think for the talent that they had, yeah, that's perfect for them. But I'm not entirely sure if, they see it themselves as this is enough, this is good enough, or this is perfect for us. The World Cup qualifying campaign was extremely underwhelming. They uh, they didn't even make that that final round. Uh, no, well they did, but they got totally blown out of the water and finished with like, with like two or three points or something. Um, and and yeah, you know, given given the money, given the investment, given everything that's expected. Um, look, the the reality of the situation is they're going to host to the next Asian Cup probably. Um, and they're going to be given a, a big, a, you know, a big boost by by FIFA and by all these people in football. Um, and and you know, I don't want to say that they're abusing the privilege, but uh, they're definitely not. Um, they're, they're not working to, to to get these results and to have this national team, given given the, the quality of, of football that is that is around them now and that's been given to them, um, especially in a financial perspective. And, and someone like Marcello Lippi. Um, for, for him to, to just be blown out of the water by, don't get me wrong, a very, very class team. But, but for him to be, you know, sort of, the, to have such an underwhelming campaign um, is, is definitely quite disappointing. Um, and, and this side, um, you know, they, they, 
they played that their that one great game against the Philippines, and then we didn't see them at their best um, for any other game in the tournament. So in that sense, it was it was definitely disappointing. Yeah, look, I think I think for them it is, I think personally for them it would be disappointing, mm. but from you know a let's say a more cultured footballing fan, I think this is perfect for where they're at right now. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone saw given, them given, to, given to the win names. the tournament or even to progress any further than this. Did you like? Did you honestly see them to progress further than this stage? No, no. Given the names in their team, given the the quality, the actual the quality of the Chinese players, forget the forget the investment and everything else. Um, if you just look at this side on paper and take all that out out, out of out of the way, quarterfinals is, is dead spot on what what you'd expect from them. Um, and they've, they've gone and achieved it. You know, they they backed up their efforts from 2015, and I don't think we could have expected any more. So, so yeah, it's it's totally totally acceptable for, for mine. Um, and 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 again, they they pretty much came against the hottest um, side in the tournament. You know, one, one, the the highest ranked side in Asia. You know, you can't you can't feel bad for for, for losing. Um, you know, to, to, to a side like that. And I think, again, you know, as I said off the top, it was it was admirable. It was admirable what they did because they really tried to attack. And um and really challenge um one of the uh, you know an extremely tough back four and just couldn't get the job done. But now, for, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you this question for Marcello Lippi. Do you think that he would classify this as job well done or disappointment? Um, I I think the question with with Lippi is more will this be his last ever managerial role? I mean. You know, I don't know that I don't know that he's going to look on it and really care a whole lot personally. And mind you, I'm not saying he's just there for the for the pay packet, but I think his job was more to develop the players, and he achieved that. His job was to get Chinese football in some sort of direction. It wasn't actually to succeed at the tournament. Um, so I think you know he's, he's done the job, but um, I don't know if I can say much else. All right, fair enough. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll move on. South Korea and uh, Qatar. This one was always going to be. A tight one, um, and again, I, I, I think you'd be you'd be fair in saying with me, myself, that I got it spot on. All these big, all these big blockbuster clashes we've been looking forward to have been underwhelming, and this one certainly was was underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. I think all the games that we everyone has kind of hyped up beforehand, um, before the tournament, even in the group stages, even up to now, is this air of I wouldn't call it mediocrity. I would just say it's. As you said, underwhelming. Um, personally, I thought South Korea were going to take this one. Um, maybe because just the names in the squad, and maybe when because of Son coming back into the squad from Tottenham and his and his form in the English Premier League, I just thought that even though Qatar performed admirably, and even with the let's say political sanctions and the hardship that they're facing within United Emirates because of the uh, political situation in the area. I thought this was going to be the game that Qatar could not break. But, you know, to their credit, they knocked out a tournament favourite. You know, a lot of people were expecting South Korea to go through. And unfortunately for the South Korean fans, you know, they got knocked out by Abdulaziz Hatim goal. So, you know, kudos to Qatar, who's literally proving all their doubters wrong. Yeah, you know, I, um, I I do have nothing but respect for Qatar, and I guess it, it's disappointing, and we might as well touch on it. If, if if Qatar go on to win this tournament, 
there is going to be so much crap from casual fans saying, oh, they paid their way in, you know, they're, they're, they're just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a conspiracy that's been put forward so they can perform well um, and look good as, as World Cup hosts, you know. And I, I, I just want to say on, on, on behalf of the, the you know, the, the, the football community, those, those people are just, they, they don't know what they're talking about for one. Um, and they're just very immature and, um, you know, they, they want nothing but a negative highlight and they're going to use something like a, a decent Qatari side as, um, as something to sort of spur on um, about when it comes to the negativity that surrounds FIFA and, and, and sport at the moment. You know, well, their, their head coach, Felix Sanchez-Bas, basically said before the tournament, um, this is their preparation for the World Cup for 2022 mm-hmm. because, as we know, they're hosts and they don't have a qualifying campaign as every other team does. So they'll have friendlies, but there's that lack of competitive edge for them. Yeah, they've entered in the Copa America, but, you know, there isn't that um, it's, it's competitive it's like... edge for them. So these games are the few and far between competitive, as in competition points, games that they'll have. Yeah, uh, just just again touching on the the Copa America, I think they actually do have quite a quite a fairly good group. They're going to have a oh, re- it's a very tough group for them. They're gonna they're gonna have a very very good contest with Paraguay though. I think Paraguay is one of those sides that are a bit down on their luck in South American terms. And um, if they come into that game, you know, as as champions of of Asia, um, that is going to be a very mouthwatering clash. Um, Can you see them being uh, winners against Paraguay in that one? No, game? no, again, winners of the Asian Cup. Oh, can I see them? Well, I can see them definitely getting through the final, but we'll touch on that in a second. Um, but yeah, no, I just look. I, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to uh, to that clash with Paraguay, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this side more as they uh, prepare for that uh, that World Cup campaign. But um, yeah, I, look, I think um, you know there's this report coming out during the week against um, you know about about um, Al Ali being of you know Sudanese, and he's not. You know, he's not up, uh, got his, um, his sort of quota. Well, it was it was more a quota for, for residency and actually being able to play for them um, as much as it was citizenship. Um, I don't think the citizenship matters as much as just pro- a certificate that proves you're eligible. Um, and uh, there was doubts about that. But, um, you know, I'm not really sure how much credibility there was. That. The one thing I would say is the source wasn't someone being salty. The source was Scott Maguire, who is a good friend of the AFC's um, and one of the most dedicated journalists in, in all of Asia. Um, he's, you know, he's, he, he cares that much about Asian football. He, he basically left Australia because he said, the majority of you here don't care enough about what I'm trying to push. So, you know, I, I really don't think he's the type of person to, to shit talk Qatar in that way. I think um, there was some sort of genuine claim there at some point. But, um, you know, I guess it's, it's pretty much been, been proven to be, you know, crap um, because... You know, you can bend the rules. Um, you can you can actually prove, you know, that that someone has been dedicated enough to the country's footballing community to to play anyway. But look, it's a whole different story. Qatar have been very very good, and um, I think uh, going forward to the semi final, um, we need to stop bagging them out, and we need we need to you know appreciate what's actually going on because they're a very good squad. And Felix Sanchez, Bass, as you said, I mean, he's a very good composed manager, and he has his head in the right place. So uh, Forza Qatar, I say. Um, I mean, was there anything you wanted to add on that? Or I, uh, yeah, stopped? look, I think South Korea's tournament, very disappointing and a very crash-and-burn way to end. Yeah. For them. Um, if there's anything that Australia and the Socceroos can, can sort of be happy about, it's more the fact that South Korea um, let themselves down as much as we did, really. Um, 
even with Son at the helm, they um, they really didn't pick it up and, and play a good enough game. Um, and... I also want to say that I think as a general populace, maybe in Australia, maybe East Asia as well, there's this lot of underestimation around Middle Eastern football. Oh, yeah. If you, if you think about it, the three of the four sides, Iran, Qatar, and the UAE, where are they from? They're from the Middle East. You know what there's, only adds... one, there's only one East Asian side. You know what adds fuel to that fire, Marcel? It's the Champions League it's being split into East and West. We don't see any of the West Asian footballers. We, we don't see them because the Champions League is split. And, and when, when our clubs go to play, when, when Fox Sports are showing the Champions League, they're they not showing... They show the East Asian oh, side. Yeah, they, they're not, they're not um, you know, showing any of their sides. And, and even when the finals roll around, Fox Sports doesn't want to show any of it because they don't see it as a, as a valuable enough product, which is really sad. Because, I mean, sides like Persepolis... Um, and um, even Banyurko and um, Lokomotiv Tashkent from Uzbekistan have been particularly good at the moment. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to struggle to think of a club um, off the top of my head. Uh, Al- Al- Sa- Al- from- Alain, Al-Ahli. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, Al-Hilal, you know, all these, all these wonderful squads. We, we just don't see enough of them. Um, and, you know, it's frustrating that we just have to be so arrogant because all we see is oil money. We don't see the football and we don't see how good it can be. Very uh, true. Yeah, no, it's, it's sad. So, look, we'll, we'll move on to uh, to the last game, and it is unfortunate. But um, the Socceroos, you know, they didn't play particularly bad, at least. At least they outplayed the UAE for the most part. The UAE got very, very lucky. And, um, I, you know, if, if you want to rant about the Socceroos, we'll, uh, we'll just say that for a second, because let's just focus on the UAE for a second. They're hosting this tournament, and it's a very big deal for them. Um, they're in the semi-final, and, and you, you look at that and say, well, that's a bit of a fairy tale story. It's been nothing short of a farce. Their, their, their first game against Bahrain, they were outplayed. Second game against India, they were very lucky to win it. India hit the bar twice, and were, uh, their defenders couldn't even handle anything India, India were, were throwing at them. India just happened to be very inaccurate on the night, which was quite sad. Third game comes against Thailand. Thailand, by all means, had stepped up their approach, especially trying to, to you know, the coach had been sacked, they'd lost 4-1, and they were still trying to really show that they could be something more after that had happened. UAE weren't impressive, and I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot the result. I'm fairly sure it was a 1-1 draw, and the UAE weren't overly impressive. They come to the round of 16, and again, Kyrgyzstan could have put about 7 you know, or 8 past them on any other day. Kyrgyzstan had, had come with opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and just made some schoolboy errors. I mean, the UAE have been nothing short of quite shit, and it's it's very sad that they're in in the semi-final. Like, that's not me being salty. I personally don't even care that it was it was against Australia that, that you, you know, this happened. The fact of the matter is a defender has pretty much gifted you your goal to get you into the semi-final. And, and then, you know, to waste the, all the time wasting and the jumping on the floor and, and you know, Faris Yuma was actually hurt. He had literally been concussed and then he ran himself back onto the field and then had to, you know, rolled over and got taken off on a stretcher again. That is, you know, in terms of occupational health and safety, that's, that's just completely messed up. Like, you should not be allowing that. It's 2019. Like, we, we know the dangers of a concussion now. It's, it's unacceptable. Um, and he pretty, pretty, much, pretty much fainted after the game. It was just pathetic. Um, and, you know, just everything around this side at the moment, I really hope Qatar go and, go and smack them. Um, I know they won't. They, they just won't. It's written in the stars. They won't. But, geez, they, they do not deserve to be in the final. And in terms of being a host country, I mean, they've offered us some pretty, some pretty special moments. They've, they've done the job well. But the team themselves have been absolutely trash. Um, and again, like I, I, it's not about the Socceroos. I don't care that they beat the Socceroos. They really don't deserve to be in semi-finals at all. It's pathetic. 
Yeah, look, it's probably going to cause a bit of uh, flack from me, but there's an air of Portugal when they won their Euro uh, championship. You know, they didn't, they weren't overly convincing in the group were, stage because uh, all... Portugal, Portugal, one win, two draws, UAE, one win, two draws, and Portugal kind of cruised through unassumingly into the finals, and they came against a much fancied uh, um, team. I think it was in the French. And you know they they won. It was a pep. It was a oh, I forgot the name of the the, uh, the Portuguese player that won. You know it was a solid. It was a lone solitary goal that won them. So not that I'm comparing, you know, the UAE to the strength of Portugal, but there's that kind of sneakiness about it. I about the I way, think, about the way I, that they're I getting through that that Portuguese side. You know they 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 pretty much drew with Iceland um, and then got salty and accused Iceland of. Um, of you know playing like anti football tactics, and then they they drew with Hungary as well. Um, yeah, but so... I can tell you, I can tell you it's different. I can tell you it's different because oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not making a decision that no, it's no, the no, same, no, no, but listen, it's please, that listen. kind of they're, they're more like Japan than they are the UAE. They, do you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? That they were more in in control of what they were doing than it being sheer luck. There is not there is not one thing this UAE side have done that has been on their been off of their own accord. They have literally relied on luck. Kyrgyzstan should have dominated them. India should have dominated them. And if those two things happen, there's there's not even a UAE to talk about. Like you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a joke that they even topped the group. Matt, um, but I'm gonna stop you there. And as history has dictated, history is only written by the winners. You know, we 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 don't remember the losers. We only remember the winners. It's frustrating. All right, uh, the Socceroos. Now, the the, the individual performances um, were probably lacking. I'd say. The one major disappointment was, um, I, I, like uh, again, I might cop some slack for this, and I was really supportive of him being in the in the side beforehand, but but Ryan Grant was trying to sneak forward too much, um, you know, and, and he he cost us a lot of a lot, he cost us a lot of sort of opportunities you know, in the sense that he was sort of freeing up that wing and the UAE were going forward. Now the UAE weren't necessarily making the most of those chances, but as the ball came back to Australia and in transition. It was always Grant that was left, you know, leaving his players unmarked. I mean, there was an incident in the, in the, you know, not even the first minute, about 30 seconds on the clock, where Grant had left his guy forward in the box. And, you know, we're, we're just fortunate that we didn't concede that early. Um, but the UAE were that much of a mess that they couldn't even make any, any, the most of the chances. I mean, um, you know, it was frustrating. And then, you know, uh, we weren't making the same mistakes before we weren't letting one big player get on top of us like we did against Jordan. We weren't, you know, we, we weren't um, we weren't getting overcomposed as we did against Syria. None of that business. We just, I don't know. We we just really really struggled to to find what what is our best route to goal. We really struggled to to say yeah this is where our strengths lie going forward. And 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 you know to be honest, I think it's completely fine. I think Arnold's fine. I think the team is fine. They just really need to work on finding that route forward. Um, what, what what were your thoughts, Marcel? Look, I'm going to put it this way. We only scored in two games in our entire tournament. Yeah. We only scored in the Syria game. We only scored in the Palestine game. We had to rely on penalties to get through Uzbekistan. And this game, we lost 1-0 because of a defensive error. As you pointed out before, the United Arab Emirates had real no real route to goal. In that game, and they had to lapse. Uh, we had to rely on a lapse of, I don't know, concentration or whatever you want to call it by Milos Degenek to mm-hmm. basically get 
their goal. Look, we had a goal that was uh, disallowed by uh, Giannu, rightfully offside, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But still, I think there are many reasons uh, that you want to maybe surmise to the our, let's say, our downfall in the, in the tournament. Like, I'm, I'm going to list it out here. I always said from the beginning, if I'm going to be realistic about it, we were never going to defend this title properly. You know, yeah. we came in so injury-ridden. We had so yeah. many players out. We were basically ba- we were basically playing like a C side, even a B side. You know, this entire tournament, like our fourth choice striker, we played. Like no yeah. disrespect to Giannu whatsoever, fantastic player. But would you honestly put him as your first choice Socceroo striker? Yeah, no, of course not. Of course not. Um, just just looking on the injuries in the squad, though, I don't think it can um, be labelled as an excuse. One thing well, I just it's wanna... not. It's not. No, I would say it's a factor as opposed to yeah, an excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I just, I just want to say to, to all the fans out there, even with a, a better squad than the one we had, most of us were saying that we weren't even going to make the semi-finals anyway. And then for everyone to turn their backs and to label the Socceroos as a farce, to say that Arnie should be sacked, it just shows that the absolutely shit mentality the majority of the community have. And I'm just getting sick of it. I'm getting sick of it because you, everyone was saying. Just after the World Cup, we won't expect semi-finals at the Asian Cup. And now that we're not there, you want to make excuses and 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 you know get angry about things that you weren't angry about before. It's it's very annoying. It's it's very frustrating. But you know, look, credit credit what they're doing. As I just said, you know, there's there's not actually a whole lot going wrong with Arnie and the Socceroos. They just need to find what what they're most comfortable with and what their route to goal is, and they'll be totally fine. Like, I don't, I don't know when the World Cup qualifying starts. I don't really know what is up next for the Socceroos. Um, but honestly, like, just thinking about World Cup qualifying, thinking about playing sides like Jordan again, you know, thinking about playing sides like um, like Iraq again, we'll be fine. We'll be we, fine. We'll be I'm t- going to say that we are terrible against Middle Eastern sides. We are absolutely rubbish when it comes to Middle Eastern sides. I think Lebanon was the first team that we beat that's from the Middle East in a while. Okay. Correct, correct me yes. if I'm wrong. I mean, majority of these sides, majority it, of these sides, yeah. majority of these sides, when I, I'm just talking about World Cup qualifying and going forward, majority of these sides, we're getting the frustrating draws against, but we're getting we're getting the results anyway. World Cup qualifying campaign, we finished with a record that was, what, 3-5-0 or something? Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, it's not like it's, we're not losing those games. We're, we're just getting frustrated. But and, yeah, we're, getting, we're playing terrible football. Like, if you think about it this way, the United Arab Emirates, even though everyone kind of discredit them, and yeah, they're not playing the best football. They're, they're literally getting away on luck. You know, we as a side have enough quality, even in our B side, to you know put aside the the United Arab Emirates, and we should have. You know, there were plenty of opportunities that we had. You know, we even employed a two striker, two strikers up front, yeah, and it was working. But for some reason, we just can't. And I don't, like I said before, I don't know what was going on with, in, with Deganak, and they even tried to claim a foul that he was clipped, and you know and there was no, no way VAR was ever going to give that a foul, you know, to, to draw it back. And to their credit, the United Emirates, they capitalized. You know, I actually feel really bad for uh, Matt Ryan. You know, when I've always said it this way, when your goalkeeper is perhaps the, your best player of your tournament, mm. there's something wrong with the side because. Don't get me wrong, I'm a goalkeeper myself. You know, when, when I play, I do play goalkeeper. But your goalkeeper shouldn't be necessarily 
the best player in a tournament. Yeah, player of a game, don't get me wrong, but when he is the most consistent performer of your entire side, that says a lot about your defense, and it says probably a lot more about your attack. Because the goalkeeper is literally the last person before the ball goes in the back of the net. You've got 10 players to go through before it goes to you, before it goes into the back of the net. So surely something needs to be done in, in that respect. And I'm also going to say this. Even though uh, our, our players, where, where they play, they don't necessarily play in the top leagues of their... In, in, their, in their sorry, the top sides in their particular league. And if they play in a top league, they play maybe 20 minutes. And our best player has been injured. He's only been playing for two games, Matt Leckie. I thought Matt Leckie was our best player. The impact that he had off the bench for the soccer was phenomenal. I mm. wish that we could have, he could have played earlier. But when our sides are playing, you know, 20 minutes in a Champions League tie, you know, um, or they're playing for a lower uh, Asian side, you know, how does that really benefit our national team? I think we need to look at where our players are going, how many minutes they're getting, and the actual development. Like, Milos Deganak is now playing for Al-Ahle in Saudi Arabia, leaving Red Star Belgrade Champions League football. He was a consistent starter for Red Star Belgrade. Now, what's he really leaving for? Is he leaving for the quality of football, or is he leaving for other reasons? And how is that going to impact our future going forward? Uh, just on on that, on that particular instance, um, I don't think I don't think it's a bad move. I think you know there's still a decent enough level. Um, for example, Bafatumbi Gomez plays for Al Hilal. Like, like it's it's yeah, a good. Like it's Al, a, Al Hilal please, themselves are myself, a great myself, team. I'm sorry. Like I just I just really we we have to move on. Um, I just wanted to quickly counter that. You know, don't 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 say that it's a bad move. Don't say that it's. Oh, I'm not saying it's a bad move. I'm saying, but how does it? impact It wouldn't affect him at all. I mean, you've just said that we need to be better playing in the Middle East. We need to be better against Middle Eastern sides. He'll learn that from playing at a club like El Akhli. But... Um, yeah, but that's... But sorry, that, that's, I'll, that's, sorry, that's one I'll, I'll, player. I'll, I'll, that's one player. Out of our other... Out of our other team... Other team players, you well, know... I'm 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 sorry I'm sorry to say I'm sorry to say this and I I, I know I'm going to piss the majority of people off but I don't think our players are actually doing that that poorly from where they are. I mean you 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 look at you look at majority of our guys you know that are in Europe at the moment. We've got Lecky, we've got you know Moy Rogic, you know Azani. We've got we've got a, a, a great Azani spot. hasn't played more than 200 minutes of professional first team football. Okay. You know but, and, but, and and but, and, but and he was how, meant to but, save but, us from you know, but, uh, can you, can you just year. stop for a second? For one, how old is he? He's only ever going to be an impact sub for the Socceroos. And if that's what he's doing at club level, if anything, it's, it's putting him in a better stead. Look, we really, really, really have to move on. We've got time constraints and things going on. We could actually talk and argue about this all fucking day. <laughs> so, I think maybe we should do it for another episode. <laughs> Yeah, All right. Uh, look, okay. Very, very quickly, because we do have to close. And Perth have just taken a one-nil lead, and Ikea scored. Um, we've got uh, Iran, Japan in the semi-final. Paul says Iran thirty, Japan eleven. Marcel, where will the game be won for Japan? Do you think Japan will win? I think Iran will win. But uh, where do you think the game will be won for Japan? Um, in the defense. Defensively. I think, yeah, I think defensively Japan are going to shut out Iran, and mm-hmm. they're going to win. It's going to be like a 2-1, 1-0 scoreline, and there's going to be some fantastic counterattack that Japan are going to employ, and they're going to catch Iran offside because they're going to play a high line, and I think Japan are just going to win. It's going to be a great game. 
I'm not going to say probably the game of the tournament, but it'll be an exciting game for the neutral to watch. And I think Japan, on the basis of their defense, will get through. Alrighty, uh, Qatar 29, UAE 3. Um, I mean, look, fair enough. We probably both agree that Qatar are winning this one. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yep, okay. Uh, will Almawes Ali, um, the, the all-time record for most goals in the Asian Cup is Iran's Ali Dyer, very famous Ali Dyer with eight goals. Almawes Ali is currently on seven. If Qatar wants to make the final here, or even in this game alone, will Almawes Ali break the record for the most goals in the Asian Cup? How much goal? How much goals is the record? He's on. He's on. He's on seven, and the record is eight. Oh yeah, hundred percent. If um, he could, depending on how far Qatar go, mm. um, if they make the final, yeah, he'll probably break it. If they don't, I think he'll just tie it. He'll score in the game because he's that important for Qatar, and I yeah. think uh, he'll match it, possibly beat it. All right, so just looking at this equation now, it's it's Iran, Japan, and, and um, you know, all sorts of people watching the tournament will have all sorts of opinions about uh, who goes through there. Um, but we're pretty much all in agreement that uh, that uh, this, you know, going through. So Israel has been a pleasure to have you uh, once again for the Asian Cup special. We'll be back for the semi-finals in a couple of days, uh, but uh, we will also have our A-League show finally back on Monday. Um, yeah, that, that's it. So uh, we'll see you later. See you later, guys. Very much.